there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. Oh my gosh, I had a dream the other night, Shan, and I couldn't wake up from it. And in my dream, I was telling myself I have to wake up because I was so scared in my dream and I wasn't waking up. (gasps) Was it like sleep paralysis? I don't know. Is that what that is? Yeah. When you're telling yourself you have to wake up Mm -hmm. and you can't? When you're like conscious enough to be cognizant that it's a dream, Mm -hmm. but you can't Mm -hmm. do anything to wake up. Yeah. Because in my dream, I was like, this is so real. This is this is so real, it's scary, or something like that. And then I was like, I have to wake up, and I couldn't. It was scary. I was pretty scared. I hate that. I have not ever. I mean, I don't know. It was, we were trapped in a snowstorm, and Ryan wouldn't stop driving in it. (laughs) And then it turned into a mud storm. It was a whole thing. It's fine. It's so, fine. It's fine now. I'm awake. Yeah. I'm not trapped in Inception no. where I, you know, is that the name of the movie? Yeah. Yeah. My, the little spinner, she stops spinning. So I know she, I know I'm awake. <laughs> You're so fucking weird. <laughs> I love that movie so much. You're a weirdo. Ah, anyways. <laughs> okay. Um, Shan, do we have any pod news? No. I wish I did, but no. Okay, fine. We will soon, probably, at some point soon. Man, I'm just... (sighs) 2023. (laughs) We're really going to get our shit together in 2023. Are we? Maybe. Are we? We're going to try. We're going to make an effort. How's that sound? Okay. (laughs) Going to make an effort. Yeah. Do we have to make it? big effort no we don't at all actually okay good because because if you tell me to stand down and just be like rest on my laurels i'll be like yeah bitch i'm in (laughs) rsvp yes to that i'm all about it i'll do it yep okay fine (laughs) (laughs) all right well okay so this week um i wanted to talk to you um about um uh, actual i just child abuse in oklahoma so Ugh. there are a few um s- stories in here that i wanted to um talk about um there but the main thing that that really brought this to the forefront of my mind and that we really needed to discuss it and i also wanted to discuss it with you um cuz i know at one time you were a casa mm-hmm. worker mm-hmm. um it just really it just really hit me pretty hard like um one of my dear friends that i work with decided after trying to um get pregnant through ivf she is a single woman uh, after that failed she decided to become a foster parent mm-hmm. and she started doing that 
I want to say three to six months ago. It's it was going on for a while. Um, there's a lot a lot of paperwork to go through. A lot oh, of yeah. home visits that she had to go through. She had to certain uh, set her house up certain way. You know, mm-hmm. um, make showing that it was safe for yeah. a child to come into. And just about a month ago, she got the call that there was a young child, a two-year-old, that was brought in, that was taken away uh, uh, from their parents out of a um, very bad abuse situation. Mm Mm-hmm. She has been with this two-year-old, this little child, for a month, watching them, you know, thrive mm-hmm. in her care. Mm-hmm. They are the most joyous little child that laughs at everything, that loves everyone, and for to hear the story of the heinous abuse that happened to this poor baby. Yeah. For them to still be a joyful baby. A joyful baby, a trusting baby. Yeah. Who still wanted to be around both men and women. They're not really sure where the abuse came from. Right. Okay. For them to just be this joyous little two-year-old, they are delayed. Mm -hmm. They are um, nonverbal. That could be from a number of things, right? It could be the complete trauma of everything. It could be, excuse me, autism spectrum. But to see, um, yeah, uh, her and have her tell us stories about them. It's just, it's just heartbreaking that someone could ever do anything like what was done to this child. Yeah. So it's awful. It's so bad. And the foster system is completely overwhelmed. Yes. Yeah. They said, so the most recent studies that were done, statistics that are were put out there were uh, um, as of 2020. Mm-hmm. So the percentage of child victims per age that were victims of abuse, the largest number or the largest per- percentage were for the for children under the age of a year old. Mm-hmm. And that was 16.6% mm-hmm. of all cases that, um, you know, these people have seen. Okay. So there, as of September, 2020, there were 8,052 children in foster care. Mm-hmm. Foster care, children are only placed in foster care due to abuse and neglect or drugs. Mm -hmm. So for 8,052 children 
to be in a foster care. That's 8,052 children that had to witness or be subject to Mm -hmm. abuse and neglect or drugs. Mm -hmm. And it, it's heartbreaking to know that it is that large of a number. Yeah. And that's, that's just in Oklahoma. Yes. Which that's just in Oklahoma is a relatively small population. Compare it to like a Texas or a California or something like that. We have a relatively small population. Right. And we in Oklahoma have an added layer in the um, child welfare situation. And that is the Indian Child Welfare Act. Mm -hmm. So you not only need foster families and kinship care for the greater Oklahoma area, you also need native family, foster families, kinship care Mm -hmm. on that side as well. If a child is found to have native blood, um, they are protected by the Indian Child Welfare Act, and they go through a completely different set of rules, regulations, and everything else. Mm -hmm. So... The foster system as a whole is completely overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and on the native side, it is as well. It's a very difficult yeah. to find foster families. Right. Um, Oklahoma DHS will tell you that their main priority is reunification of the family. Yes. Every time. Every time. Some of these cases are so horrific that DHS will push for nullification of parental rights. Mm -hmm. That typically happens when parents are being charged and will likely be serving prison sentences for the abuse, neglect, drug uh, interactions that they've had with their children. Correct. It also happens occasionally DHS will push for nullification of rights if the parents don't work their plan. Mm -hmm. And that can be anything from taking child welfare classes, taking anger management classes, Mm -hmm. peeing clean on drug tests, things like that. But there have been so many documented cases in Oklahoma where children have been taken away, put in foster care, thrive in foster care, and then are reunified with their parents Mm -hmm. in one way or another. Right. And then those children are either killed or they are just lost after they're reunified. That is horrifying. Mm -hmm. There is not enough oversight, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. That's my opinion. I'm not a professional. Right. There's also the push to reunify the family at all costs Mm -hmm. is scary to me because Mm -hmm. some people should not be fucking parents. Right. Period. Right. If you can do that to an infant, to a small child, to your child that is innocent, Mm -hmm. my opinion is you don't get a second chance. Right. And again, I'm not a professional. 
Right. But I know there are DHS workers, social workers, Mm -hmm. that are very frustrated by the fact that unification is the primary goal. Right. Because to a certain extent, their hands are tied. Right. Yeah. As long as they follow (laughs) DHS processes and procedures and go through the courts the way they should, there's not a lot that they can do. Right. Yes. And it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's got to be scary for those foster parents. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, I do know that the – so – in the whole scheme of things, the number of children in the statistic it said the number of children that had a reoccurrence of abuse mm-hmm. once placed back in the home is about 8%. And that foster, you know, in foster care, while it's not, it's not zero, right. it's like less than 1% right. of those ch- those children ever having a reoccurrence of abuse. Right. So there are also... Some that have done studies, and there's also, excuse me, um, articles out there concerning the Oklahoma statute that concerns abuse and neglect, Mm -hmm. and that some women have been – They've been a victim themselves. Of domestic violence of within domi- their re- relationship. Yes. Yeah. And when the children either ends up dead mm-hmm. or grossly injured by this intimate partner, mm-hmm. the, you know, husband, whomever. Right. That the women themselves are being placed in prison longer than the actual um murderer yeah or abuser because they have been um then told that they failed yeah to protect their child failure to protect and permitting abuse are two big uh question marks mm-hmm. because sometimes it is the fact that the mother or the other partner whoever it is is looking the other way it it happens a lot right. where they will they don't know what to do they don't know how to get out of the situation that they're in and to a certain extent they are permitting it because they're trying to survive too right um a case that comes to my mind is the case of Olivia Scroggins mm-hmm. she was a baby that was abused and sexually abused by her mother's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, the mother's boyfriend is, is in prison for the rest of his life. Um, her, her mother is also in prison for permitting abuse. DHS visited their home multiple times. Mm-hmm. Never, never took them out of the home. Her and her brother, Olivia and her brother, never took them out of the home. Um, and after she was brought to OU, unresponsive, mm-hmm. basically brain dead, uh, DHS had to have an entire overhaul of their system. Right. Because of that case. Right. And it was a huge case that was very problematic because family members reported to DHS on yeah. their own 
family, their own kin, Mm -hmm. and said there is something wrong in that house. Please help these babies. Right. Right. And they didn't find a problem. They told them to clean up their house, essentially. And it was terrible. Yeah. I watched a grown man that was a 30-year veteran of the police force, crime scene investigator, cry over Olivia Scroggins. Ten years after the fact. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It's a terrible case. Yes. And it happens. Mm-hmm. More than we want to admit. Yes. Yeah. There is... There, I mean, there's currently like 1,800 children waiting to be adopted mm-hmm. um, for, out of foster care mm-hmm. because of these abuse, neglect, and... And if they're drug. waiting to be adopted, that means that either through the courts, the court has, the state has terminated parental rights, or the parents have voluntarily terminated their rights. If they are available for adoption through the foster care system, parental rights have been terminated. Yes. In one way or another. In one way or the other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a way. So I will say this. I I was a CASA Mm -hmm. um, for a while. CASAs typically are assigned to the most heinous abuse and neglect cases. Um, and a CASA is a court-appointed special advocate. So mm-hmm. they're um, a neutral party that acts only on behalf of the interest of the child. You don't act on the interest of DHS. You don't act on the interest of uh, foster parents. You don't do any of that. You observe every party in the case, mm-hmm. and you are only there to act on and make recommendations on behalf of the children. Mm-hmm. So what I will say to people, if they are, for whatever reason, if they can't can't be a foster parent, if they can't participate in that way to help children, mm-hmm. being a court-appointed special advocate is a very interesting role. It is a completely volunteer role. Mm -hmm. You have to go through tons of training. Yeah. Tons of training. um, Because you are dealing with people at their very worst. Right. You are dealing with parents who are stressed, who have had their kids taken away. Mm -hmm. You are dealing with kids who are now in a foster placement or a kinship care placement who are very stressed. Mm -hmm. And you are dealing with DHS people. You're dealing with court personnel you're dealing with all of that you have to testify to conditions found in the current foster home you have to testify as to the current mental state of the kids that you're you're working with right it's tough because you are dealing with kids who have endured absolute hell yeah and you're asking them to trust you yeah it's awful yeah but that is a great way to get involved and help kids you have to set your own bias aside right and really listen to kids yeah and really work with kids yeah and it's rough but it's it's rewarding and it's a it's an awesome way to volunteer and really help kids yeah i know 
Canadian County desperately needs CASAs. Oklahoma County typically needs CASAs. I mean, Mm -hmm. there are not that many that participate. And there are always cases coming through where the DHS representative is requesting a CASA to help the kids and have a neutral third party. Yeah. So that's a, we'll link that. We'll link Oklahoma County CASA in our show notes here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of wanted to go over to like what Oklahoma's definition of neglect and also Oklahoma's definition, um, of abuse, because it's it's can be is it pretty ambiguous it can be mm-hmm. yeah yeah so so you're talking about the statutory definition correct mm-hmm. okay these are in the statute okay so um excuse me i'm scrolling mm-hmm. okay so child abuse is the willful or malicious harm or threatened harm or failure to protect from harm or threatened harm to the health, safety, or welfare of a child under 18 years of age by a person responsible for a child's health, safety, and welfare. Mm -hmm. Or the willful, the act of willfully or maliciously injuring, torturing, or maiming a child under 18 years of age by any person. Mm-hmm. So that this is what child abuse means. It's also been found that Oklahoma's child abuse and neglect, but that that statute is amongst the most harsh in the nation because of these very broad terms. Terms, and they're not defining it as just a parental role. They're expanding Correct. it to any human being that would be Correct. in control of. A child's well-being. Yes. And some of these, the articles that I was reading was saying that it's putting even more of an emphasis on these families that are living below, right? They're living below like poverty levels or Mm -hmm. living close to those poverty levels um, as their neglect, right? Their failure to provide Okay. Okay. Um, this, when this happens and a boyfriend, the spouse, the partner, whomever does something to these children, it's making it easier for prosecutors to then come in and say, well, you allowed this to happen, mm-hmm. even though we all know how hard it is from a very abusive relationship, how to get away from that abusive relationship, especially when you have no, no resources, resources. Yeah. 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 So what they're trying to, you know, really get people to understand is some of these women are going to prison for life because they were trying to survive. Yeah. Kind of like what you were saying earlier, not so much that they were turning a blind eye, but that, they, they didn't know how to get themselves out of yes. it, much less their kids. Correct. Yeah. And there's really, there are resources out there. Some of those resources still aren't even attainable by some. No. Yeah, that's right? 100% true. So 
they're trying to they're trying to get this because Texas has a statute that is very well defined out mm-hmm. for child abuse, neglect, and and all those cases. Mm-hmm. It's worse than I mean, and it's very harsh as well. Yeah. But Oklahoma is like it's all in like it's so broad. It's so broad. Yeah, that you know these people are losing everything and they're going to prison and then kids are losing their parents forever yeah when you know one of those parents could have actually been trying i will i will tell you this so uh, separating out abuse and neglect so there's a lot of anecdotal stories that get told about um people that let's just use this as an example people that have a messy house and they get their kids taken away Mm mm-hmm so typically, uh, before anybody gets taken away, if DHS m- makes a visit to your home, and I'm, again, not a social worker, I'm not a professional in that respect. This is just what I uh, learned in training. If a social worker visits your home on a complaint that you have a dirty home or that your home isn't livable, and the child is suffering because of it, they will typically check the welfare of the child. Is the child hungry? Is the child clothed? Mm -hmm. Is appropriately for the season? Is the home heated? Is the, in the winter, you know, um, is it a hundred degrees in there in the summer? What is the situation? Does the child have access to food? Does the child have access to toilets? You know what I mean? Right. Um, Is the child able to bathe? Things like that. When we talk about a messy home, um, typically they'll check the welfare of the child. And if the child is in good health, in good condition, but the house, for instance, is like a hoard, Mm -hmm. they will give people a certain amount of time to get it taken care of. As long as the child remains in good health, good condition, right? right? When you talk about kids getting taken away for a dirty house, these are children that have soiled diapers for three days at a time. These are children that the only access to milk they have is rotten. Mm -hmm. These are children that have not eaten for days. Um, These are children that the dog has shit all over the carpet. No one's cleaned it up for six weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a habitable situation. Right. It's not that mom didn't vacuum this week. Um, it's not even necessarily that mom's a hoarder. It's that these children do not have access to food. They don't have access to toilet. They don't have the ability to be clean. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't live in a habitable situation. And no human being should be living in that situation. Right. So when we talk about abuse, Mm -hmm. we sort of set that over here. Mm -hmm. Neglect is another issue because it's very relative to the living conditions of the home. Right. We all know that there are different levels of income. We all know that there are different expectations of what homes look like for different people. Mm -hmm. And if the kids have the ability to be healthy in the home, we just need to clean it up a little bit. They give parents the opportunity for that. Right. 
if the kids are obviously neglected, right. wandering down the street in a dirty diaper, mm-hmm. those are the situations of neglect where you hear them say, well, she had a dirty house and they, they took away her kids. There but the t- truth behind that is. Yeah, there are typically opportunities given. Um, and I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent. Right. That's not my decision right. to make. But there are typically opportunities given to say, you know, clean up your house. We'll be back to check. We'll be back to check on the kids mm-hmm. in a week yeah. or whatever. We're going to give you 30 days to clean up your hoard or whatever. Yeah. Um, and get the heat on and stuff like that. Um, but we're going to be back with some coats. We're going to be back with some diapers and stuff like that. Um they truly are trying to help. And with the goal being reunification and and a whole family all the time, mm-hmm. there typically are opportunities given. So if you consider neglect being sort of a wide berth, that's why. Because there are so many different situations that can contribute to a neglectful situation. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's not in a box. Right. And there usually are opportunities given. Yeah. But. And then it's up to the parents too. It is up to the parents to work their plan. And if they don't work their plan and if they don't pass drug tests and Mm -hmm. things like that, the judge can ask them to terminate their rights. Yeah. And sort of push them in that direction. Yeah. So. I don't know. It's I know there's there's a lot of when it comes to the statute, when it comes to um, abuse, neglect, all of those things, children being taken away. There is there's some controversy, you know, about the statute, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. Um, There's also they have done studies that show within the past um four to six years that the cases of um, neglect have went down, Mm -hmm. but the cases of abuse have kind of remained the same. Um, But they, what the study said is they think that better educating first responders Mm -hmm. and teachers, Mm -hmm. doctors, nurses, all those, like how to really see um, see neglect mm-hmm. when they only get you know this certain, eight hours a day certain amount of time with these children, but at the same time, those are people that are spending. I mean, especially teachers. So teachers, whether you're a daycare provider or you're a school teacher or whatever, you're a mandatory reporter mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of teachers in a lot of situations really wrestle with. Should I report this? Do I feel right. like it's abuse? Do I what do, what do we think? Right. You know, they really wrestle with it. Yeah. yeah, yes. Because they love those kids. Right. And they don't want to see those kids upended, right. right? But at the end of the day, those mandatory reporters are the people that are on the front lines and they have to they have to make the call. Yeah. Even if they're wrong. Right. They have to make the call. Right. Yeah. And it's just, I just can't imagine. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I couldn't either. Um, they do think that the the opioid epidemic and the grow you know the growing popularity of methamphetamines sure has um, kind of kept that neglect number going. Right, like, I'm. I'm sure. Yeah, I have no doubts about that. Yeah, because for the most part, th- the majority of the time, kids are taken away are drug related. Yeah, or abuse related. They're those two go hand in hand mm-hmm. more than you want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it did say that children in Oklahoma experience maltreatment at disproportionately higher rates than children in the rest of the U.S. with about a rate of 15.4 substantiated cases per 1,000 children. Which also goes hand in hand with the drug issue here. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that we have such a high population of people living below the poverty level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things, like, so I was reading these articles, like a big thing is education. We have to get these these not only the kids their parents need access to better education right like we there's so many people like give them a better better living conditions like let's raise minimum wage you know they're saying all of these things and i get it i i get it i would love to be able for people to live off of minimum wage yeah. in 2022 have a livable wage yeah have a livable livable wage I also, too, think there are – it's not – that's just the base level of – what's what's that hierarchy? Yeah, you you have the hierarchy of needs. Hierarchy of and needs. And income is just one of the levels. Just one of those levels. Yeah. Like, you need to have your emotional More needs. money does not teach you how to be nope. a parent because I can, I can guarantee you it doesn't happen – it doesn't happen as often. But there are kids taken out of huge houses just like there are kids taken out of the trailer park. Right. I I will tell you that for a fact, there are kids taken out of abuse situations in in large houses. Mm -hmm. The only difference is their parents can hire very good attorneys. Yes. They have better resources. They have more resources. It does not make them better parents. No, it doesn't. And learning how to be a parent, everybody's on the same playing field. Right. We all have to learn as we go, yeah. it'd be great if kids came with handbooks, but oh, they don't. But they do not. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. Sorry. I knew I'd, I knew I'd figure it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of things at play to make sure that child abuse can end. It's It's been going on since the beginning the of beginning time. The beginning of time. Nobody wants to deal with it. Well, lots of people would say they would love to help. Um, but when faced with that challenge, yeah, that's a scary challenge. Sure, it's a scary challenge to become a foster parent mm-hmm. of a child that came from grotesque abuse situations. Yeah, and to to be able to do that, could I? I just I am in awe of my coworker, and mm-hmm. I told I've told her I'm like I'm so glad this child is with you. People people that can make. Uh, I know a woman that was, she was a foster mom for decades. Mm -hmm. And people that can make foster care 
part of their lives mm-hmm. and part of their heart, mm-hmm. I'm just in awe. Yeah, me too. Um, frankly, I'm also in awe of people that can go work as a career in social work mm-hmm. and do it for 30 plus years. Yeah. Because my soul would be murdered. Oh, sure. I I don't know how they do it. And some people have a heart for it. Some people don't. Yeah. But there are people out there actively trying to change things and actively trying to make it better. And again, there's just no resources. Yeah. They're overwhelmed. Yeah. So we need better resources for everyone to get the help they need on whatever front that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, the amount of children, when I read this, the amount of children that are in, a, that are in foster care, while I get it, that's, not a huge amount. That's still that's 8, a lot. It's still eight thousand children. Yeah. that have been. That's the population of a small city. Yeah, that have been uprooted and yeah, and hurt by someone they love. Yes, that's supposed to love them. That's supposed to love them. Yeah, it just it just went all over me. So, I I just wanted to bring that to just to light and just kind of go over. I think people need to be way more aware of the state of children in Oklahoma period. Yes. Because it is a dismal, dismal situation. Yeah. Our education awful. Apparently are we second to the last? Yeah. Okay. In education. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a dismal situation for kids in Oklahoma. Yeah. And if we don't start helping, trying to make changes, whether it's in the legislature or otherwise, we'll just keep doing the same shit we've been doing. Yeah. And it'll still be dismal. Yeah. When our kids are grown. Yeah. And so. I, the the fact that people are willing to let it just continue. Mm-hmm. Out of sight, out of mind. It's if it's just, not my kid, right? I'm not worried about it. Right. If it's not my best friend's kid i'm not worried about it yeah yeah and until it impacts your family Mm -hmm. you really have no idea right so and it's just there's if you feel the need to foster if you can't foster the casa way is to go that's fine if not there's ways you can donate to yep you can always donate you can always donate um to places like Positive Tomorrows. Positive Tomorrows is wonderful. It's amazing. Yeah. The uh, Infant Crisis, crisis Services. Mm-hmm. Um, places like that are always Bethel taking Foundation. donations for kids all the way up to teenage. Mm-hmm. And if you can uh, find it in your heart to support kids that are getting ready to age out of the system at 18, mm-hmm. typically those kids leave the system with very little. Yeah, they have been in foster care for a long time. Um, they may graduate from high school. They may get their GED, mm-hmm. but they will age out of the system with very little resource or help. And there are uh, programs and foundations out there that are supporting them currently. So if you feel called, I guess, mm-hmm. for any of that, 
Yeah. You can always put your money where your mouth is. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Or volunteer at these places. These yeah. places always take volunteers. If you don't, you know, aren't, you don't have the means to donate. Positive Tomorrows, you guys, is amazing. An amazing place to volunteer. Infant Crisis Center, also an amazing place to volunteer. Yep. Um, just, you know, check them out and we'll put links to those also. Um, in the show stuff and, um, just, you know, take care of your babies. Yeah. Take care of your babies, guys. Like take care of other people's babies. If you see something, say something, please. It's, I just, I, I don't know how to, I I don't know. And if you, if you feel, okay, if you feel like you're at your wits end with your baby or if you know someone that's like phone a friend and walk away for a little bit. Yeah. Let it. Let them know. Yeah. Let us know something. Like we've Call all been somebody. there. We have all been at our wits' end with children before. For sure. For sure. Before. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Um. You. It's. It's okay. You're not a bad person. Nope. To be at your wits' end. Put your baby in the crib and walk away for Just a little bit. Go. Go take some breaths outside. Yep. Like. Call. A fr- I remember in college there was a girl next door to me. Um. She was a single mom. We were all of 21 years of age. Oh. And her baby wouldn't start crying. Um, it was in the middle of the night. The walls were paper thin in the apartment that I was living in in Weatherford. And I heard that baby sound muffled. Mm. And I was like, oh, gosh, nope. And so I went next door and I knocked and I was like, can I, do you need help? Can I help you? And she was crying. She didn't know what to do. So she came outside. It was warm out. And we just sat on the on the steps of the little apartment complex while I held her baby. So she wouldn't be by yeah. herself. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh, I, because I wouldn't. No, you I can't leave someone I, uh, in that situation. No, She had no one. Yeah. It was the saddest. Yeah. Um, so it's, uh, children, children are hard. You guys, I get that. We know that mm-hmm. Shane and I both, but it's, uh, I mean, Take care of your babies. Yes, please. Like, I don't want to... This... My little co-worker's friend's story is just so heartbreaking. And that little two-year-old is just the most beautiful little angel and didn't deserve any of what they... Nope. ...went through and... They never do. Ever. mm So, anyways, that's what I... This was good, Shy. Thanks, Shan. This was good. Thanks. If you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here, like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore OK underscore pod.